Welcome to the Magnificent Life Podcast with your host, Sister Dr. Mongaza Michael Bondale. Join us now as we showcase lessons from Black achievement as example and instruction for how you can live greatly. Welcome to the Magnificent Life Podcast with Sister Dr. Mongaza. I cannot tell you how delighted I am that you've taken the time to join us. And in this space of regeneration, you know, we get to glean extraordinary accomplishments of Black folks as lessons for living greatly. So specifically, as you know, on these podcasts, we highlight the beauty, the power, and genius. Yes, indeed, genius of Black folks in a world trained not to see. We often showcase lessons of Black achievement, both past and present, as instruction for living greatly. Because, you know, this thing, living a Black magnificent life, it's not, not happenstance. It doesn't happen just like, you know, caught falling from the trees. It's intentional. And so the the third leg of the Black Magnificent Life podcast invites you to build on your own self-development and self-actualization skills from those lessons we learn through these conversations about Black achievement. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad that you're with us today. And on this podcast, we'll be focusing on an extraordinary program that really underscores our commitment to high, to showcasing our genius, the genius of Black folks, and specifically in this conversation, that of Black youth. We're going to look at a program known as Hood Smart, and it is actually the, the brainchild of a young woman. I, I happen, this is the inside track, y'all. I'll just give this to you. I've known her since she was an adolescent. Just a brilliant, hood smart young woman herself. I'm talking about Sister Atia, Atia uh, Ball Lacey, who is actually uh, the the uh, creator and the executive producer of Hood Smart. And so she is just an, a consummate educator. So I'm not surprised that out of her mind and out of her background and experience, we get to have this conversation today because I say she is an exemplary achiever and she is a young woman who's very, very well trained and very much situated to be a catalyst for others to achieve. She's currently a, um, in Prince George's County Schools and is, just has this ex- extraordinary uh, resume, if you will, of, ex- of education experiences. And so I'm going to let her introduce herself in the way of not telling you all the greatness that she's done, but through her work, because, you know, actually that's how we get to, we get to know one another. So may I welcome you on to Black Nificent Life podcast, Atia Ball-Lacey. Uh- Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for this opportunity. I am really excited um, for this opportunity to have this conversation um, with you, first of all, because as you know, um, you've been one of my uh, mentors and someone I aspire to be like for many, many years. And so um, to to hear your voice speak of me in this way um, means so much. So I Thank you so much, because um, it's important for our community um, to support what we're doing. And and when they do it in this way, then we know that we're definitely on the right path. So thank you for this opportunity. Truly a pleasure. Truly, truly a pleasure. So so let's let's just get the party started. You know, Hood Smart, (laughs) what, what, what is known as the Hood Smart Urban Stimulus Project. Yes. It shines a light on just our talented African-American students that are really excelling in science, technology, engineering, and math. Absolutely. And so, yeah, t- tell us just what is this thing? What is this hood smart thing you've created, my dear? Yes, absolutely. And so I, I would like to first start by 
sort of explaining this idea around um, what it means to be hood smart, because just um, the name in itself was a process. And I wanted to make sure that um, that um, we weren't doing an injustice to our people using that language, hood smart. So I did, um, in fact, have a conversation with many elders um, in the community just to make sure that I had their blessing moving forward. And so this idea of us being hood smart means that just as African people in this country, we have a unique set of experiences um, like no other people here. And so- And, and, and uh, just to clarify, as African people, you're talking about folks from the continent, you're talking about all black people, who are you talking about? Talking about all black people. Got it, got <laughs> it. Let's get on the same page, got it. Stolen African people. So gotcha. we want to drill down even further. Um, yes, and so we know that um, we have a very unique experience, even that um, different from, um, you know, our brothers and sisters who are continental African, just being here on this soil by way of how we got here and just the constant bombardment with anti-Black rhetoric that um, our children are exposed to every day, whether it's um, direct or indirect. Um, puts us in just in a different space. And so I wanted to recognize that because the fact that our children are able to show up every day and excel um, in an environment that works so hard to um, just go against everything that they are, um, to me, that is what it means to be hood smart because our experience does not mirror that of anyone else's. And so when we're able to um, overcome all of these barriers that have been very intentional, whether they're environmental, social, or what have you, um, and still show up every day and do the thing, that's what makes you hood smart. When you are able to um, identify who you are and be clear about who you are in this world um, and for our young people, what they want to become, and in spite of everything that's working against them, they're going after it every day, that's what makes them hood smart. So I really wanted to make sure that um, just the listeners are clear around what we mean when we say hood smart. So it's a very unique experience, you know what I mean, for us in I do. And I'm so glad that you clarified that because at first glance, if we're not conscious and intentional about the creation of the words um, and the delivery of the words that we choose to convey our meanings, then oftentimes there can be much lost in translation. Yes. And, and so, Atiyah, what I hear you pointing to is like a lot of times when people hear the word hood, it immediately translates into something negative, but you have, you have shined a light in a way and from a direction that reminds us that wherever we are, we find what is good and great. And in this instance, just, just genius, even in the hood, it ain't necessarily a bad thing. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. So thank you for that, that, that positive uh, opportunity to reflect who we are through the words that we use. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, with that understanding and again, um, being an educator, I think it's coming up on my 22nd year, maybe. Mm. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. And so um, I, what happened for me was uh, as an educator, um, and, and right now I serve as a middle school assistant principal, Every day I'm encountering genius amongst our kids, right? Yes. Um, but there are these uh, other components that they're competing with that does not always um, provide um, a platform for them to demonstrate that genius. As a matter of fact, 
there are things in place systemically that almost um, put this uh, notion on our kids that it's not even really okay to demonstrate that genius or they try to hide it who they mm-hmm. are. Or, or that they even have it. They even that it's have even there. It, right? To own it. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And so this whole idea of, you know, we've heard a lot about dumbing down the country. Um, it's a trickle down effect because it's actually reached our children to the point where it's popular culture, um, all of these things, again, that are anti-Black and sending anti-Black messages, they impact our children directly. And so I wanted, as, a, as an educator, as an educator who's very passionate about the work that I do, I wanted to come up with um, a way where we can kind of change the narrative and shift the focus um, because oftentimes the conversations are around um, what we're not doing <laughs> and how bad we're doing, but we're not celebrating um, our genius. And, and I appreciate um, this platform because that's exactly what you are doing. And so I wanted to figure out how we do it. How do we do it so that um, we give our students a platform? Because once we begin to celebrate the genius of our students, the, the goal and the hope is that other students will begin to emulate that, right? And so right now in the school systems, um, the kids who are more disruptive, they seem to get more of the attention and the resources, right? But what if we yeah. And so what if we're shining? Not that we're going to forget about those students that need our help. That's not the, the purpose at all. But what if we start to really highlight and celebrate those children who are doing exceptionally well. And the reality is they're more about kids doing exceptionally well than not, but that's just not the conversation. And so if we're just looking at test scores and that's our only way of measuring um, the intelligence of our kids, we're gonna get it wrong every time (laughs) because Mm -hmm. our children, they don't necessarily invest in those uh, type of, of state mandated assessments. And so while we may have a genius standing before us, the assessment may reflect something different because they're not invested. Well, so. well, then the other thing that's very true is that assessments don't don't yeah. assess the whole human being. Absolutely, that's Absolutely. just just a one one small wow. slither of uh, of a reflection of what a person does or does not know, doesn't understand, and what have you. So, and and absolutely, you're absolutely right. We we've gotten into the habit of taking a score mm-hmm. and making that a source of identity and and a predictive value in terms of how a child will do in life. Mm-hmm. So I'm just everything you're pointing to is just like let me just maintain myself and stay in this chair and not jump up and down and find some pom-poms because this is the real conversation to be had amongst education educators and educating our youth absolutely absolutely and what i've found is that um when we uh do provide our students a platform to um to shine and um it's just overwhelming at the response that I received. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little story really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, every year I um, commit to speaking with students um, within the, you know, who are participating in the DC um, summer youth employment program. Mm-hmm. And one particular year, it's really interesting. Um, I spoke before a group of young, um, young men. They were, they ranged from high school to some just out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I walked into the room, it was a little bit interesting. The energy was really interesting because the students, um, I think we were running behind schedule and it was already time for them to get off work. And so in their minds, look, 
I know that this woman is here to do this presentation, but my my time is up and I'm ready to go. Um, and then some of the kids uh, had had troubling backgrounds. And so, um, you know, it was just a little bit interesting. And, and upon just looking at the students, you would have made a, an assumption, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I started the discussion off by first showing them the scissor reel um, for the reality show. And then I asked them a simple question. Um, what are your aspirations and what are you doing now to prepare for your future? Mm-hmm. And so it was, the responses were just amazing because here I have standing sitting before me young men who looked like they were clearly agitated upon meeting them and really didn't want to be there. And I mean, rightfully so. When it's time to get out of work, it's time to get out of work. We mm-hmm. know how that goes sometimes too. Yeah. So I understood it. But their responses, their responses were just, I mean, shocking because what these kids said that, or young men said they aspired to be engineers and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I almost felt like they were able to be honest in that way because for the first time, maybe they have permission to, mm-hmm. me, to really mm-hmm. to what's in their heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Because in any other environment, we know what we would have heard. I want to be a basketball player. I want to be a rapper. I want to be da 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 da. Right. But in that moment, Seeing the um, the scissor reel, which is a short video um, demonstration of the show, right? And in the mm-hmm. scissor reel, we highlight young people their age who are doing amazing things, right, at the classroom level. So mm-hmm. them seeing themselves um, in that way kind of gave them permission now mm-hmm. to really speak to who they are in their heart, right? And now who society says that they should be. So it was after viewing this sizzle reel, after seeing and hearing this story about people who look like them, other young Black youth who were very smart, having high aspiration and actually achieving. Absolutely. It was inside of that, that it was in response to that, that they actually opened up. And, and from what I hear you saying, showed a side of themselves that was not commonly, quote unquote, expected. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and it was that pivotal moment that I realized, oh my goodness, I really have something here Mm -hmm. because that is truly the hardest audience, right? Though teenagers, we we know, right? That audience is very hard. And in this um, time in society where everything is so fast and you know what I mean? You just press a button, you get whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to compete with that on so many levels, but for, for the, the, the young men to respond in that way from mm-hmm. a seven minute video where yeah. there was no singing, there was no dancing, there was no rapping. You know, these were stories right. of people, young people who look just like them doing mm-hmm. amazing things, right? At the academic level. And I just thought about the power of that, yes. the power of media, um, the power of imagery, all of those things. And so again, that's why, you know, I, you know, I truly believe that this project is so important because it has the ability to touch and impact um, black lives all over the world, all over the planet. Because while we may be all over the world, all over, there are certain things that are just unique to us and what it just means to be black and have all this melanin, right? That we, that we've been graced with. And so, it was it was just a very special moment for me. And I'm sure it was for them as well. Yes. Again, as you said, you don't often hear, see, know of this as being the constant uh, stimulus 
where our children get to really stand up and, and really see themselves as the, the great achievers that we know that they can be. Yeah. And what, I, and what I also learned and just know as an educator is um, all too often our, our children really don't fully understand who they are, their history, um, the context of how they came to be or just how they came to be in a particular situation or down to just the particular neighborhood that they live in. Like there's no historical context for them to put it in because they really don't understand the historical timeline. And we know that um, unfortunately our education system does not always do justice to our people. And so they, they're so thirsty and hungry to learn yes. about who they are. And so the yes. conversation just quickly shifted to you know, that up, you know, just what it means to be black. And they had, for some, they had no idea that, you know, that there were kids who looked like them, their age, who are, you know, uh, aspiring to do this and achieving Absolutely. these things it's within them. But again, who's helping them to pull that out? Yes. Having those conversations, where, where are those platforms? You know, and so then we, we just blindly walking around with all this greatness inside of us. Um, and so that's my job. That's the work that I feel like I've been called to do to really be able to tap into um, that innate brilliance that they come carry. On, come on, mm -hmm. just waiting, just thirsty, just waiting, waiting for somebody to send them an invitation. And I promise yes. you, our children will RSVP every time. Ah, it. It's the, the truth. truth. Yes, absolutely. So listen, what is this thing? So it's, it's, it's depicted in the sizzle reel, but tell us what is it, this project? Uh, Absolutely. And so um, the Hussamata Urban STEM um, Realist Project um, is a TV reality show that highlights the genius of our, our youth um, who are excelling in science, technology, engineering. Wait, 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 wait. A TV show? A television show? Really? Yes. Reality show? Yes, it's a reality. Yep. Girl, you are brilliant. Show. And I'm really excited. We've gotten a lot of traction. Um, I would say with, over the last few weeks, actually, I just got a really good phone call yesterday that I haven't told you about yet. And so, um, so we're really excited about the direction in which it's going. But I, again, I wanted to um, use media because I recognize the power of media. I'm thinking back to when I was young, um, A Different World was one of our top shows. Uh -huh. And during uh -huh. time, you know, I did some research as I was, you know, um, really creating this this show, and I did some research even around a different world. And what I learned was that um, the college rate for African American youth during that time, I believe, tripled. Mm -hmm. Particularly so in attending we, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And that the power, the power in that, like so. And then, but we looked at it from a different lens. And we look at all the negativity that's coming through these same media sources. If the media has the power to, you know, triple the enrollment for HBCUs with that level of conscious television, imagine when we look at it from the other side. So you decided to get in this media game. You have to. We have to. Shaping yeah. minds, shaping self-perception. I hear you. Absolutely, because again, um, we know what it's designed to do. We know what it's designed to do. So, so now, how, how many reality shows, how many, um, uh, 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 there's a series of shows? 
there are shows that you've already filmed. How, how, where are you in this process of producing this reality show? So where we are right now is that we are literally um, seeking a network home. So we have um, the scissor wheel, and then on the, let me back up a little bit. Okay. It's, in order to really keep the fire going um, mm-hmm. around the show, what we created was what we call pop-up STEM lecture and competition parties. And so we've had um, just an amazing, um, oh my gosh, success with the pop-up. So what we do is, again, we provide through, you know, the pop-ups because everything is still going back to the show, but through the pop-ups, we provide, again, this platform for young people to come together. They compete in STEM-related challenges. We have expert um, STEM uh, folk who are, you know how we do, from every walk of life. So we uh, we may have a panel with uh, someone who represents engineering. We may have a panel with someone who represents aviation. We had a black pilot, you know. And so we, we try to make sure that we have all these people in one room that look like the kids um, who, who, who we are touching to move forward, black children. So, so you, you, assemble, you assemble professionals who represent the various career paths, certainly the knowledge base that you're represented here by through, through the acronym STEM. You, you bring them, I just want to make sure I have this pop-up right. Mm-hmm. You bring everybody together and then it's like a workshop or some activity where you engage a particular community around the value of, of, of STEM knowledge and education. Would that be accurate? Um, yeah, absolutely. And so okay. what we do is we, uh, that part of it is actually a panel discussion. Okay. So the kids get to engage um, with the experts. They ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we also set it up so that if they're looking for a mentor, if it's a specific area that they're interested in, then we make sure we connect them with the expert. But the nice. piece um, with the pop-up, and then we have challenges and they actually win prizes. But the piece that um, I'm most proud of is the piece where we have a council of elders. Okay. We have a segment with our, with our elders. And mm-hmm. the, um, the children get to sit at the feet of the elders. And the elders have a conversation with them. Because regardless to what area they decide um, that they want to go into, whether it's STEM or something to do with civics, politics, what have you, there's this responsibility that they have to their community. And that's the conversation that the elders have with them. So it doesn't matter what field you go into, mm-hmm. you as a person, you as a black person in this country, you have a responsibility to represent yourself, your family, and your community in a way that will make us all proud. So and I, mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, so this is a reminder, this is a reinforcement, this is a re-engagement of that young mind that no matter what you choose, there's a foundation called community that you are here to serve. You are a contribution in the community as you are to the world. And so the elders simply make that known in a, in a way that I'm going to say elders typically are able to do very, very well, particularly when you have the right set of, of older folks. Absolutely. And, and um, I was very um, deliberate around including that segment mm-hmm. in the pop-up because, again, uh, being in this country, having a very unique experience, we know that we've had generations of families to be interrupted, whether it was the crack cocaine or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we've gotten away from um, really 
clearly understanding the role of the elder in the community and in the family. And so I wanted to make sure that I brought the two together so that the students understand um, the importance of their grandma or that great auntie or that elder that they see when they get on the bus or the metro. And so that we can start to, you know, just really revisit what it means to respect the wisdom of our elders. And listen, it's so interesting because <laughs> we, you know, what we do is we set up the um, the space for the where the elders are seated really nicely. We have our fabrics and, you know, we are very attentive to them. And so by the end of the three, four hour ordeal, because the pop-up can last anywhere between three to four hours, the way that the young people interact with the elders, you can just see an immediate change. I can believe that. Respect level, right? Mm-hmm. And so again, this idea of us um, providing them space to be who we know they are. Right? This, yeah, I, this is such a reminder of how it is our responsibility to, to teach, to demonstrate, to provide examples for the way we intend our young people to be, as opposed to looking at them in ways that are not positive and saying, oh my goodness, what happened to those children? Well, what happened is that they didn't get what we are born to give them. And I hear you clearly describing a system that you've set up where inside of the pop-ups, that also gets conveyed. The the, the cultural value of embracing the whole community, the role of elders in that embrace, and the obligation, responsibility that we have to one another older and younger people in the community. So this is much more than just about science and math and, and, you know, uh, careers and what have you. And that's one of the things that makes it so inviting and just just absolutely a a, a treasure. So I just want to be clear again, inside of the pop-ups, are you invited to do the pop-ups if there are schools or community centers or any entity out in the world that would like to sponsor a pop-up? Is that something that you all are prepared to, to actually um, engage? Oh, absolutely. And the okay. pop-ups are absolutely open to everyone, open to the public. And we've had, like I said, great success. Our first pop-up, we partnered with the um, National Smithsonian Museum of African Art. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We had um, upward 500 <laughs> participants to come absolutely, out. Absolutely. So we were very surprised because we had planned for 200. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but again, um, thirsty, thirsty. And listen, it was on a Saturday. Look, so imagine that. Who don't, who don't recognize water when they thirsty? Hello. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a great turnout as well when we... Um, you know, partnered with, um, we did it through the Marion Barry Youth Leadership Program. Okay. Department of Employment Services was our host site. And we had a very good turnout there as well. And as a matter of fact, we just partnered with the city of Laurel uh, for a pop-up we we did back in April. And the mayor came out and, you know, he was like, we've never had this many people in our chambers ever. And so um, that goes to show you how, yes, our young people are thirsty and, 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 and they want this, right? But Absolutely. make assumptions about who they are and what their needs are, yeah. sometimes just based on popular culture. Well, yeah, I was going to say, the assumptions are based on information fed. Absolutely. Exactly. And so we have to be very careful with that because um, 
we, we know that our children want more, they desire more, and they deserve yes. Audience, if you want to tap into something good and wonderful that's emerging, that would be a great asset to the betterment of Black communities and therefore betterment to world communities, I encourage you to email ITEA. Um, go to the website first. Go to the website, hoodsmarttv.com. Find out more details about this incredible opportunity for manifesting not only uh, a better understanding of science, technology, engineering, and math for our children, but who we are underneath the, the, the I'm going to say, the formal uh, knowledge of content information. And then give Atia a, a zipper off an email. What's that email again? I'm sure it's hoodsmarttv at gmail.com. One more time hoodsmarttv at gmail.com. We don't want no excuses, no fumbling. Folks who want to get and be in touch with you, we want to make sure they can do that in a direct yeah. way. Thank you so very, very, very much, Atia, for being featured on today's podcast. We look forward to hearing a great follow-up report in terms of you having more opportunities presented to you, more money flowing into that, that production account, more people okay. getting on board than you could ever have imagined because I know who we are and I know what can be produced when we are actually walking in that pathway that has been given to us by a, high, a higher authority. Thank yes. you for being and Thank you for manifesting the best of who we are. Thank you for being an exemplar of living a Blacknificent life. Thank you. Thank All you right. so much. Absolutely. And we'll look forward to speaking with you, our listening audience, next week and exploring, unveiling, and discovering with you what it is like to live a Blacknificent life. Again, this is Sister Dr. Mongaza, Michael Bondale. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again. You'll hear us again, I should say, very soon, I do hope. Be well. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Blacknificent Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our email list at www.blacknificentlife.com. And whatever you do, be sure to consciously, consistently, and courageously craft your own Blacknificent Life. Until next time.